Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, it is um, Thursday, June 3rd, and welcome to Ohio, and I'm Chris. Um, Craig is all under the weather this morning. I got Brandon with me. Brandon, how are you? Uh, doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just telling Brandon beforehand, man, I, I just wasn't feeling well yesterday. I don't know what was. Uh, I used to get about six hours of sleep per night, and I motored for 11. Uh, my wife came home, and I said... You got to watch the kids. I feel like I'm getting sick. I went to bed, and, man, <laughs> I just slumbered all night. It was crazy. Um, I will say, um, Brandon, it was interesting. We talked a lot about Vaximillion. Uh, my phone was not charged. So to stay out of my family's way, I went down to my office. I got a big couch down there. I uh, laid down. I had my phone by me charging. In hopes of maybe I would get that call from Governor DeWine saying I won Vax a million. Uh, I woke up for a little bit at 930, checked my phone, didn't see any messages. So figured it wasn't the case. But um, we've got a new millionaire um, from Toledo. Um, thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, Amazon delivery driver. So, I mean... You're familiar with Amazon. Jonathan Carlisle won the million-dollar prize, and Zoe Vincent of Mayfield Village um, took the college scholarship. Um, kind of interesting. From what I understood, uh, the governor was having trouble reaching both people. I, I guess Jonathan had to call back. So apparently there's a number where Jonathan could call back at. We were trying to figure out what phone was he using, was his personal phone or not. But yeah, that would be kind of awkward, right? If you're if you're working or your way and you finally win Vax million, you got to call the governor back. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that that was pretty. Um, that's uh, and, uh, kind of a bit of a I don't know if awkward's the right word. It's just kind of like oh surreal. Yeah, that's to be a better word. Surreal. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking. Um, if yeah, I was just was making jokes to my wife, saying, "Man, I'm I should be getting a call at seven. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking too. You know, kind of. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're bound to be like that. Not everyone's waiting by their phone at seven. You know, you got work, you got other stuff going on. You might be sick, like I was last night. I guess the wine had the FaceTime. Um, Zoe was out of the state, I believe, or out of the area. And Dwayne had to face time her, so I guess there was no block parties last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I don't know kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, we cleared the link to the story. Um, you know, he was from Toledo, the local t- Toledo TV station. I guess he did an impromptu press conference last night. So if you go to the thirteen ABC link, um, you'll be able to find that. Um, yeah, he talked for 10 minutes about, you know, he was surprised. Uh, uh, and uh, kind of interesting. I I don't know. Brandon, obviously, I want to be me. I want to be somebody I know. I don't know. Do you have a hope for who wins this? I mean, we got two winners now. We got a guy who's Amazon delivery driver. We got a 22-year-old right out of college. Um, it, kind of interesting. This guy just got vaccinated, and he got vaccinated because of Vaximillion. But I don't know. Do you do? You, is there a preference you have for who 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 you would like to see wins this? I mean, do you want a young guy, an older guy, or 
I don't know, Gio. I would want me to win. Right. But if we don't win, which I hate to say, I'm visualizing me winning, but, you know, it's very limited odds. But are you rooting for, I don't know, like someone who was recently vaccinated, if, if it can't be you or someone you know? Well, I think, I mean, I'm not rooting for anyone to win. It's just me. But I will I will say, um, or my wife. How about that? I, I root for my wife, Chris. Right, or your mom, or, you know, maybe a family. Or... If my mom has even bothered to take the time to, uh, to um, enter, um, she's vaccinated and everything, and I don't know, take, just, I don't know. Anyways, that's a different subject for another time. But okay. what I did thought was interesting, though, I was joking, like, oh, this is the, this is the, I think Dewine wished this guy had won last week, though, um, because he was a vaccine, vaccine, vaccine hesitant guy. Yeah. Um, and then the Vax Million was enough to incentivize him to get vaccinated. I mean, I almost want to, I almost want to be play conspiracy theorist and and say, man, I mean, do they have like their own special pool of you know, of these kind of stories. Cause that's what it's these kinds of um, stories that I think the governor would probably like to have more, have these kinds of winners to be more prevalent. So that way it encourages people to go out and get the vac- vaccine. Um, you know, you don't, I don't, I love to know my one question I would love to ask them. And, you know, I don't know if I've seen it in any reports really is, um, 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 where where did they get their vaccines from? Did they get them at a pharmacy? Did they get them at a pop up location? Uh, oh, I'm really curious about that because you know, um, you know, when you were probably when you and me were probably putting our own information down, how hard was how hard was it to kind of say, well, I got my vaccine here, um, and it, did we give enough information to say, yeah, we're it's verified, we we are vaccinated, um, but yeah. Oh, so you're saying, obviously, you know, once they picked his name, they had to verify it. It's a little bit easier. Like, for me, I went to a Kroger. You're saying if he got, like, vaccinated at a pop-up, maybe it's harder to verify his vaccination record, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, well, for him, I, I, where did he get – did he get his at a pop-up or did he get his at a – I don't know where he got his uh, vaccination, but that's what I'm curious is, like, for those who – like me, who drove down to Pike County to, to their fairgrounds. They had a nice little – they had a very well-run – Vax, a vaccination uh, uh, um, a pop-up facility at their fairgrounds, uh, very well run. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, so hopefully I gave the right information so that, you know, if I'm named, what, my name happened to be drawn and they said, oh, we can't verify this if he got vaccinated or not. I mean, you, you would, you, um, that would just be kind of a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> That I'll never know. <laughs> or can you imagine that? You know, I can see like a Sunday story in the Columbus's patch or something, you know, talk about behind the scenes of the lottery drawing. And they're like, yeah, this guy from the Columbus area, you know, <laughs> we picked his name out the first two times. We couldn't verify his information. Yeah. He got a pop up of Pike County and I could, we couldn't figure it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like they, they keep drawing you first. And they couldn't verify. This Brandon Klein, oh, I, I would be, I would be horrified. I mean, yeah, could you imagine that? Yeah, well, I wouldn't think they name drop me. They would just say this Columbus <laughs> lad for. <laughs> Why is he going to Pike County? Yeah. We did such a good job on the rollout. <laughs> he qualified for the million dollars. We. Withdrew his name because we couldn't figure out why he um <laughs> went to Pike County. So we figured he didn't deserve it. Yeah. Oh. That's why I think, and you're right, there's a million reasons why we shouldn't do it this way, but that's why it'd be great fun if we had the verification process on TV. I thought it'd be great. I don't know, maybe, maybe not put it on network TV, but you know. Maybe maybe I should go down to the state house and with signs of stop the steal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, this, um, yeah, this is probably this is probably where I think the... <laughs> Where the process is very more is very more opaque than it was uh, in the elections, Chris. Um, you know, I, I just like to um, could they at least tweet it out and say, you know, like throw out a few photos, like oh here's here's the here's um, our um, random generator number where we get our our drawings of the names. Oh, we we picked one. We won't share it. Oh, we're vetting right now. Oh, oh yeah. this. And then like they come out and say, "Oh, our vetting's done. This person didn't qualify." Uh, 
And then <laughs> I think at that point they they should give a call to the person and say, "Hey, by the way, you you your name was drawn, but you didn't get vaccinated, so you won't be able, you won't be selected as a winner." And maybe that might be a wake up call, <laughs> you know, to encourage uh, more people to. Oh, I should have gotten vaccinated. Darn it! I thought I, I thought I was being clever. Or that might tick you off enough where you're like, "Screw this! I, I don't want to get the vaccine." I mean, they're kind of rubbing my face, you know. They're saying, "Oh yeah, you could have gotten a million. Well, then you should have got vaccinated. It was like very clear in the instructions. I mean, what did you put down for where'd you get your vaccination at? Oh, the quickie mart (laughs) down the street. Well, I can Um, imagine that people either are trying, A, trying to cheat the system, or B, are just confused. Like they're saying, hey, I'll just put my name in, you know? And you're right. It is pretty clear. Uh, I don't think it's anybody's fault or anything, but I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Kind of interesting. So I guess you have until Sunday for drawing number three. Uh, so exciting. Um, I don't know. I'll be interested. I haven't seen Again, I'm off work this week, so I haven't seen every note. But um, I haven't seen them call for a press conference. Uh, one of our reporters in a chat last night was saying, was projecting that maybe this is going to lose a little bit of its oomph each week. Like the first week, everyone wanted to know everything about this person. And, you know, it's like anything else. Once you get to week three, four, five, it's going to lose a lot of interest. But uh, I would imagine for Governor DeWine, obviously he wants to get these people out there. He wants them to tell the stories, especially this guy, you know, since he um, got vaccinated, you know, in response to the vaccine lottery. So, I haven't heard yet, but I would assume maybe sometime later today or tomorrow, there'll be some type of press conference or, or place where they could tell their story. Um, and again, where the interest is, that's up for debate, but obviously for Governor DeWine's purpose, you know, he's going to want to get their stories out there and get more people vaccinated. Yeah, definitely. I agree with all those kind of points there. Yeah, uh, so it should be interesting. Again, disappointed. I don't know. I, I Honestly, I'm saying this 99% with tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know. We could still dream. I don't know. I, I'm still thinking I'd like to win. I mean, I'd like to win. Maybe I can win. I don't know. I mean, I saw my wife that, you know, hey, it would be neat at least if we knew somebody, like if it was a family, even a distant family member or someone we used to work with or something like that. I, I'm still holding out hope, but, you know, like we said yesterday, there's a 1 to 3.2 million chance. I'm assuming the odds are going to be uh, even worse next week. So it's quite possible that we just won't know anybody who wins. So, But congratulations uh, to him. Uh, congratulations to Zoe. Uh, you, you know, exciting. Um, so I, I think that's all we could say about that. So. Uh, May, before we move on, uh, again, just want to give you some good advice. Um, you know, Chase Bank um, is the bank I use. It works for me. Um, it's been really great, especially here during the pandemic. Um, you know, check it out. Uh, we have links on our the podcast provider you're listening to this on or the website. However you access this um, podcast, if you click on the link, open up an account, and a tax direct deposit, you get 225 bucks dropped in your account. What a good deal. And, hey, it's a way that you can make, make money from listening to this podcast. So check out Chase. It's worked for me. Uh, we hope it works for you as well. All right. So let's uh, move on to our next uh, thing. I mean, lots of vaccination news. I am weirded out about this, Brandon, and I, I don't know what you think about this. Um, yesterday, a lot of the health orders got dropped. Um, it was the announcement that uh, the government made a couple weeks ago, um, the same night he announced Vaximillion, uh, said, hey, it's, he talked about, you know, this personal responsibility and saying the best thing you could do is, you know, get vaccinated. It's going to help you out. So you see a lot of Republicans yesterday, most notably Dave Yost and Josh Mandel, have these videos coming out where they drop on their social media, where they celebrate, celebratory, hey, we're going to burn our mask. And, you know, Josh Mandel uh, tweets out freedom. I don't think they're really getting the point. And I was kind of disappointed. I, I can understand Josh Mandel. He's running for office. He's running on a, you know, former President Trump, you know, philosophy and everything. So I, I, I'm disappointed in him, but at least 
you know, you just being political and what you know, whatever he wants to do, I guess it's okay. Um, you know, kind of surprised a sitting Ohio guy like Dave Yost uh, participated in it. I, I mean, it's social media videos. I don't want to get too crazy and call for people's scalps, but I, I just thought it was poor timing, to say the least. Well, I think what makes it sad is just like. The, the masks are coming off not because they should come off. They're coming off because the state legislature uh, is forcing it. It's like, it, it's almost like, um, you know, I don't know, it would be like um, if the state legislature had come out um, the other day saying, okay, all gas prices will from now on be $1. Um, you may celebrate that. Hell, I would celebrate that. Yeah, $1. But a one dollar a gallon of gas, you know, um, but you're 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 kind of ignoring the the realities of the economics with that, and I think that's what the mask burning seems to it seems to send the wrong message of we've been the pandemic, <laughs> we've we were you know I mean we're still coming out of the woods, um, and um, you know I mean like like they like I mean I know people don't like masks I still get that. You know, for me now, it's. I think the stu- what's stupid though is now it's just a lot more unclear now of um, of should I bring a mask with me wherever I go because some businesses might give a damn and some don't. So that's just really frustrating. I know we'll talk about that in our upcoming segment, but um, um, but still, it's um, you know, I think it's 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 not a good demonstration of leadership for sure. Just personally what how I, I how I see it but um um <laughs> anytime that someone shows a burning of some kind whether it's a book a Bible or 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 a flag it's just like you're you know you don't come off looking that great um so stay away from the burning of materials you just look like an idiot I don't know that's just like that's just my thoughts well and help me out here. And again, I'm in a little bit of a fog. I'm, I was sick yesterday. Dave Gilst got elected, right? We elect our attorney generals. That's right. We elect everyone. I think our executive branch is made up of everyone voting directly. So yeah. in, that, in that case, yeah, there is a political element. I mean, you know, if you're running for attorney general, you want to satisfy your political party and everything. But in some ways, as an attorney general, don't you have to be careful about the comments you make in general? Because you are kind of like that lawyer for Ohio? Uh, you would think so. I mean, Yost would know better than anyone so um, about what he can say or not say. I mean, I don't know if that's... It's usually, I think, it's kind of... Um, I mean, I don't think that this, this little act would interfere with him representing Ohio um, for any kind of lawsuit that they want to file against the Biden administration or whatnot. So, um, um, yeah, but mostly it's usually kind of judges that have to be careful with what they say and do in public anyway, I think. Well, I heard a really good interview over the weekend of liable sources on CNN uh, where Brian Stelter interviewed, uh, I believe it was David Leopold uh, from New York Times. Uh, he writes a lot of, you know, COVID stories. And I know some of you are like, oh, New York Times, they're all slanted. He really wasn't. Um, they were talking about, hey, when would you wear a mask? And he pretty much said, look, I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, I'm not going to wear it as much unless I'm inside around a bunch of people or as a courtesy. Where if I see that almost everybody's wearing a mask, I don't want to offend anybody, so I'll wear a mask too. But you know, he was talking during the interview about he thinks it's not the worst idea in the world. Where you know, say we totally get out of the pandemic, or the pandemic goes down even further, that there could be like five to ten percent of that times when you're sick, or if you're not feeling well, if you're sneezing and everything, you may want to wear a mask then. And again, it's not COVID worries. It's just out of courtesy toward other people. And I got to admit, Brandon, um, and I don't know how it was when you were in school, but when I was in school, it was this badge of honor to get perfect attendance. And I would go to school if I if I was sneezy or if I would go to school if I had a runny nose or anything. And I remember there were times at work where I felt, man, I can't miss work. I'm going to put everyone behind. So I would go to work when I just wasn't feeling well. 
And I think one of the things that we're getting as uh, some people are returning back to offices and everything is we're going to get to a position where even after COVID, people are going to be like, hey, if you're not feeling well, stay the heck home. You know, bring a laptop with you, try to get some work done. But we don't want you in here if you're hacking all day or if you're sneezing or if your nose is running all over the place. And I guess, and again, this isn't even a political comment. This is more of it just looks very short-sighted just to start burning your mask. There may be points where it's smarter to keep your mask on. And again, not even for COVID's sake. I, I just, again, it's a silly political video. But I, I, I just don't like the tone it sends out, not just from a political standpoint, but from just a health standpoint in general. I, you know, we shouldn't be doing all our masks. Okay, maybe we don't wear them as much as we used to, especially if we're fully vaccinated. But don't sit there and burn your mask. It, it just sends a weird but message. It's funny because last flu season we had, the last one, you know, because everyone loved comparing COVID to flu, flu deaths and whatnot. But um, so I put that fun, fun topic for another time. But Right. You know, flu is very virtually non-existent this last um, last winter. It's hard to say if that's because um, the mask we were all wearing masks for the most part are staying kind of. We were trying to stay socially distant. <laughs> I don't know. There was the 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 Thanksgiving Thanksgiving might not have helped. Um, maybe not even Christmas. But uh, flu season was down. Um, you know, and I think experts might say, well, that might, we might get hit bad with a bad flu season this coming winter. But, um, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have like a, a, to have it in the culture to say, you know, wearing a mask is, is, you know, and during that period is, is, um, it's not like, you know, it's something it's, it would, you're actually helping out the community at large. I remember doing a story about, for instance, about this, um, family, what they have like a, a, a probably a nice young uh, five-year-old son now. He, but when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with leukemia and they had, they were doing mask two year, two to three years ago before the pandemic, because, you know, around that winter time, November, they had to, you know, wear masks, um, keep not try to go out, go out anywhere because they did not want, you know, because his immune immune system was terrible. So, um, you know, didn't want anyone who got sick, um, you know, uh, it was, you know, it was like a, like a cry for an alarm. Like you had to be careful about that stuff. But they said like this past winter, they, they were telling me like, yeah, I mean, um, we've been the healthiest ever. <laughs> and I think that's just kind of, I mean, it's kind of fascinating that this, this, this family has to privately struggle, um, you know, versus like, um, um, you know, whereas like for whereas you know, here we are all complaining about wearing masks and stuff. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who cannot get vaccinated, who want to get vaccinated. There are a lot of people out there who have, um, you know, terrible immune systems that you know, um, that you know, just have to deal with a society that's you know very much um, not very not very considerate of the community at large. So, you know, I love to see, like, I'm with, I'm with you. I love to see it if we had, like, a, a culture where, you know, mask wearing wasn't, like, the worst thing in the world. Did we have to wear masks all the time? No, I don't think so. But, um, man, it'd be fascinating if we could in- institute it into the norm of putting it on or uh, wearing them during the, the flu season, at least. Um, that might actually very much help out with keeping the flu vaccinations out, keep hospital costs down. Um, and, um, um, keeping people like this family safer, you know, and have healthier lives. So, um, um, you know, that's where my thinking's at right now on this, on this issue. Yeah. And and let me clarify, just in case anybody doesn't understand what I'm saying, even now, if you're fully vaccinated and you're healthy, don't wear a mask. I'm not saying we should just wear a mask for killing the time. I'm just saying even after COVID goes away, and obviously COVID hasn't gone away, but even after COVID goes away, let's take better care of our health, especially when we're around people. And again, I'm not even talking about COVID. I'm talking about the common cold or flu. I mean, yesterday, I was saying this at the beginning of the podcast, where I, I wasn't feeling well last night. Now, I'm going to be okay. Just had an upset stomach, felt like I was going to get sick. I feel better now than I did 5 p.m. yesterday, but it sucks. I didn't feel good last night. I 
it cost me. I mean, even during the day when I was watching my kids, I was trying to get some work done. And I just was kind of huddled on the couch, trying to stay awake. I, I was telling my daughter, be nice to daddy. I can't chase you around. And she was actually cool yesterday. Uh, but, you know, you wait. It, it, it kills you time-wise. I mean, I'm behind. I mean, I need to feel good today because I got a bunch of stuff I want to do that I haven't got done yet. So, like I said, if you're healthy and you're fully vaccinated, don't wear a mask. But try to take steps, if it's a mask or other things, to just be healthy around each other. Um, I remember, I'm embarrassed to say this, and if anybody who, if the other guy who was involved is listening, I please understand, I'm really sorry about this. I, I, I used to take my daughter to Chick-fil-A. Again, this was um, post uh, or pre-pandemic. And my daughter used to have a huge spitting problem. And she spit in this guy's face, <laughs> which was, I, I was just, it was just horrifying. And I mean, can you imagine someone spitting in someone's face now? It's, it would almost be a hate crime or something. It would be terrible. Um, so, you know, just we got to be careful and protect each other's health. I mean, it, it just, I don't know. It, it's crazy. So, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it feel strongly about Well, it. yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, we're – there's there's so many people in pre-pandemic who are like, oh yeah, I go to work even when I'm sick because I just want to look, look tough or productive or like a good worker. It's just like, you know, life is more important. <laughs> we say that phrase a lot without really thinking about what does that actually mean. But life is more important than your job or your your um, or your career. Um, you know, or your, or the benefit, common welfare of your fellow man. But um, I would just say that it's more, um, you know, so stay home, take, take a break. Don't feel guilty. Uh, it's sad that we kind of have a society where we kind of have made the individual feel like they, they owe something to uh, get, to owe, you know, owe to the point to sacrifice your well-being that, to that point where you're coming into the work sick because you're doing no one favors. You're actually also kind of hurting the workforce in that sense, because you're making other people sick. You're making them having to, you know, some people, if person, if one person had gotten the flu, uh, they had the slim, very slimmest chance of, you know, could possibly be a uh, die from the flu. You know, it's right. people have died from the flu, but maybe not the COVID COVID levels, but still. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, kind of consider, um, these things when, if it's simple as staying home or if you have a fever, you know, stay home, you know, take, take the sick day if you can. So. Well, especially if you could do work at home. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're going to go back to the office maybe before long, but I know, week. <laughs> I, but I know what you do is if you're sick, you could do work at home and I'm sure they'll probably let you do work at home if you weren't feeling well enough to go into the office. So, I mean, there is, uh, you know, those allowances out there. And if you can't work from home, presumably you're in a, I'm working with food or stuff, by all means, heck, do not go to work if you're not feeling well. Because well, I don't want you to handle my food if I go, go and order from you. you know? That's something we definitely, policy thing that should really be discussed is real, going forward is a lot of these minimum wage jobs like working at McDonald's or whatever, you know, come on, come on, come up with some sort of sick leave. Um, you know, it's, a, you know, I think every worker should any anyone working forty hours a week and minimum wage should definitely be getting some vacation time and sick leave time. Um, you know, if they especially have been there for a couple of years. But um but um yeah, sick leave is so essential so that way people are not like stressing about, you know, about um you know, I have to go to work today even though I'm feeling terrible. Like like coughing and sneezing, sick, <laughs> fever, high fever, sickness. You know. Well, I kind of wonder how some of these Russians do it because I, I I'm assuming if you've worked there for a while, you'll get some type of a time off. But I like how my company does it. It's chippy choppy. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, Chris. For like for the 20 years, my mom was been in in, in the food service, fast food service. I mean, it wasn't till like the very tail end that she might have gotten some vacation, and then her franchise owner like play fast and loose with that privilege. So, but no sick time. I'll say that. I don't know if it's changed based on who owns the facility in question, if it's the corporate or a franchise owner. Well, I think I offer at least some PTO time. 
or something. I, I like <laughs> Yeah. Well, I like how my company does it because Chris, I mean, you, I like, yeah, your white collar jobs are more, more, right. more PTO is like white collar term. <laughs> right, right. But I guess what I'm saying is to, for a health purpose. And obviously, you know, your margins are tight at fast food places. And, uh, you know, PTO may not be the way of going, but maybe on a more broad concept, how do you allow just so your workers, where you're more dealing with a with people, which you know that was a danger during the pandemic anyway. Or if you're dealing with food, where you create some allowances, so so no one's sitting there like, oh crap, I need to pay the bills. So yeah, I'm hacking all over everybody, but I gotta go work. What am I gonna do? You know. So I know I I think this health thing, even after the pandemic, is going to become a big issue because you never heard that before I, at my job. Uh, it was just, hey, come to work, you know, make your own determination. But now, um, and thankfully, I represent 21 pa- different Gannett papers in Ohio. So uh, it, it, what I'm doing now is a work-from-home position pretty much. That said, you know, I get the notes from our Columbus office and Akron and Canton offices. And, you know, they pretty much said, hey, you know, there are a lot of people work from home on different days, but they're all saying if you plan to come to the office, if you're even feeling a little bit sick, stay at home. You know, don't come in. You know, and you haven't heard that before. So hopefully, and obviously we're in probably a little bit more of a white color type basis. But even for um, you know your day to day minimum wage jobs, let's create some allowances just to support health. So uh, that, that's my political speech for today, I guess. So. Um, yeah, but let's, before we move on, um, just want to make um, announcement or so. Um, yeah, we want to talk about Ashley Home Store. Yeah, I know we've talked a lot about Ashley Home Store. I, I don't want to wear you out with Ashley, but Ashley does a great job of selling your furniture. Great furniture, Ashley. I saw a commercial from last night. Um, High end quality things, and you know. I'm one that doesn't like to go to stores unless I have to. Um, I'm going to talk to Brandon um, in a minute about I need to go to the store tonight, and I don't feel like going to the store. It's rough, but I got to go. Well, for Ashley Home Store, they take something that takes a long time, like buying furniture and making it very a seamless, uh, easy process. I mean, you can shop online from home. Uh, you can have it delivered to you, and um, if you click on the link on our podcast provider or website, uh, you'll get savings right away. Uh, so try Ashley Home Store. I, I, I've been excited about what they've been able to do, and I'm excited about um, you know offerings that they have to the public. So check out Ashley Home Store. We're excited that it is a affiliate more, representative on our program. All right, um, yeah, Brandon, you alluded to this so a little bit earlier uh, talking about um, Columbus businesses and how businesses are handling the pandemic. Uh, The dispatch had a good story uh, talking to some businesses saying, you know, Hey, the health orders are gone, but businesses have the right to still have a mask mandate. Um, You know, you're allowed, you have a private business, you're allowed to make that determination. And, um, you know, they talked to some small businesses to see what they had to say. I don't know. Um, I I don't have a problem with this. I, I mean, I know. Uh, I think each business has to make their own personal choice, and I, I would guess that you know, if you make that choice and force a mask mandate, you may lose business because it seems like you said there's a lot of people out there that aren't wearing masks right now, and everything's back to normal and everything. So, but I think I still think it's good for businesses to make their own choice. Uh, they can weigh the risk in terms of losing customers or anything else like that. But still, you know, we talk about freedom and we talk about democracy. Well, these businesses have the right to make their own choices and figure out what's best for them and everything. Uh, where do you see – what do you think is going to happen with a lot of businesses, I guess, starting this week and moving forward on on their own health orders that they're going to enforce? I, I mean, I, don't, I haven't read the uh, dispatch story yet, but Chris, but – I'll be surprised if there really is any business that, unless it's like a bigger company, maybe. But other than that, I have I don't see any small business or um, really trying to push enforce mask mandates. Um, you know, unless they really take it very seriously for some reason, like you know, like maybe the owner or the um, 
someone there has like a can't get vaccinated or or or, or you know has a uh, health issue of some kind. Maybe that's like they can't be helped. But other than that, though, um, you know, um, I just feel like it, it. You know, you don't want to turn away your client base. But also, I've se- we've seen so many videos of um, of people throwing tantrums at at workers, not not bosses, not managers, not owners, but bo- the the very front line, you know, cashiers or or what people who are probably making minimum wage. Making hell, they're making fifty. If they're even if they're making fifteen dollars an hour, good for them. But that's still not enough to be to take that kind of um, verbal abuse or probably sometimes physical abuse. Because um, we've seen videos of, on Twitter, on social media, people throwing the god most utmost upsetting tantrums ever. Like you, you, and um, that's because and it, it's like it can't be helped, lady. Sorry, it's the law. But now the law is saying the law's not there to hide behind. It's not there to um, um, not saying you can't, you can't, you can't say, look, we are just following the laws, law, the law of the land. Now it's, 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 um, so businesses have to now have to have this extra layer saying, you know, we're doing this because we think it's the right thing to do. You know, it's, you know, um, so um, I don't see businesses going to deal with the trouble, deal with the trouble. There's just nothing, no way to deal with this logistically, at least most of them. I mean, I've already been out and about to places that I, I there uh, that have clearly got rid of their mask mandate. I mean, you know, the CDC's putting out the recommendations say it's okay for vaccinated people to not wear masks anymore. So, um, um, but that's, uh, it's, it's confusing to say the least. It's, it's, um, it's like if it's, it's, it's tough to be someone who's, um, doesn't have the vaccine and see someone who is vaccinated with not wearing a mask, but then, you know, um, I, yeah. So I think it's like that discrepancy of creating that sort of possibility for discrepancy amongst people is, it's going to be confusing. And at, at the end of the day, I think businesses are saying, look, you, your safety is in your own hands. Well, and like the story many many of the businesses say, Hey, we're not going to, you know, enforce things with our customers. Now, especially some of the restaurants in uh, Patrick's story in the dispatch uh, mentioned, hey, you know, we'll either wear masks ourselves um, because we're indoor and dealing with people, or we'll encourage our um, our staff that it's not been vaccinated to wear a mask because, in essence, that's what the rule still calls for. I mean, even though the health orders are dropped, yeah, maybe there's not a penalty with it, but there is a a clear requirement saying, look, the CDC is still saying if you haven't been vaccinated yet, you need to wear a mask inside. Um, I don't know, Brandon. The thing that scares me about all this thing is I trust the CDC. I, I trust they're making the right calls and everything. However, <laughs> there has been definitely a political angle to this, and I'm hoping that right now we're saying, look, we're doing this because the risk isn't there as much as it used to be because people are, are more vaccinated than they were in the past. I'm hoping it's not, oh, man, we're hearing a lot of junk from people, and, man, if we continue this, this is going to um, be tough for us to be reelected. And the hard thing, I'm not sure if there's a clear answer to that. So I'm hoping that these easing of the regulations is more because, hey, the the problem isn't there as much as it used to be. I hope it's not just done from a political, gosh, I hope we get reelected stance, but I guess we won't know until it happens. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that like I say is, you know, just kind of look at the, at the, um, at the COVID data, uh, the deaths counts and the infections um, or the pot or the number of cases Um, that seems to be going down. So, for the most part, it seems like we're kind of riding the wave of like, you know, we're seeing this vaccines are seemingly doing their job and keeping the cases down, but um, you're still taking an awful gamble. Um, if you're still holding out to get the vaccine for one reason or another. I kind of wonder, I saw um, uh, president Biden had a, um, I, I don't, 
not sure if it was a press conference or just a speech where he talked about his goal is to get 70% of Americans vaccinated by July 4th. I appreciate the ambition, but then, you know, check out, uh, we're going to release the podcast later this week. Uh, but I had fun with um, our fellow podcasters, Joe and Paul. Uh, Joe lives in Mississippi, and although he is fully vaccinated, 27% of the people in Mississippi are vaccinated. So I I admire um, President Biden's um, spirit of getting people vaccinated. I'm not sure if we're going to hit the 70% mark by July 4th, but I'm hoping that people don't think and say, hey, the health orders are, are dropped, so I guess I don't need to be vaccinated. I mean, I, I still think people need to get out there, get vaccinated, because, I mean, if more people get vaccinated, more stuff is going to be eased, even than before, where it's going to be more okay to do stuff. So I'm hoping people aren't vaccinated and say, hey, enough people got vaccinated. I'm good. I don't need to be vaccinated anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's good to have goals. And who knows? Maybe Biden's, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden even lowballed and he clearly expects we're all going to hit that because Mississippi's got just 3 million people. Um, but, you know, that's, a shot, you know, it depends on how I would say pay attention to the higher population states and see where their vaccination rates are at. Um, because that's probably more likely where more people will get vaccinated there, and those those rates will climb up. It's probably going to push us to that goal, is my guess. But, um, you know, time will tell. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we get to 70% by July 4th, but if we can get to 70% at all, um, as soon as possible, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't blame him for saying that. I mean, obviously, you got to push for higher, and I mean, he said it was a goal, so uh, on the other side, people shouldn't freak out and say, oh, he hit the goal, then he's been bad. No, I mean, he he just setting a high goal, which is okay. Um, I, I don't know. I, just out of curiosity, I guess yesterday was the first day of the easing of the health orders, uh, were you out yesterday? Were you out and about? Did you notice anything yesterday? Sorry, you broke up. What was the question, Chris? Yeah, sure. It was the uh, first day of the easing of the health orders here in Ohio. Uh, were you out? Did you get to see anything? Did you notice anything? Yeah, I just I was at the gas station and um, didn't get my mask put on. <laughs> um, just kind of in a bit of a hurry. So, But no one was wearing masks. Um, and remember, mask, or, mask wearing gets... You're doing other people a favor, and you're not doing necessarily yourself a favor. But um, so you know, I could wear a mask, but hey, vaccinated man coming through. <laughs> um, one thing that I think will stay though here, stay stick around, I think for a long time is the plexiglass between um, um, the plexiglass walls that kind of arised from during this pandemic um, between the cashier and the person, and it will be um, um, and be kind of. I almost joked and said, you know, uh, um, it's going to make uh, um, robberies <laughs> maybe a little more, a little trickier. Maybe not quite, but you know, maybe like, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm gonna. Um, so, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how long those sticks stick around for. Yeah, um, I wasn't out yesterday. Just wasn't feeling well, but um, today I got get. A, couple new pants um sadly i i gained a little bit of the weight i lost back and i needed a little bigger pant um hate saying that i feel like an idiot but um so I, i'm gonna make a trek out to the store uh tonight and i'm not afraid of going out you know with nobody wearing masks i i think the big thing is just you know keep my distance and I may wear a mask, just not out of fear, but just out of respect. And, you know, I'm not feeling 100%. I don't think it's anything I'm going to pass along to a bunch of people. But, you know, I may just wear the mask just out of over-caution. But, you know, you do what you can do, you know? So. Mm -hmm. That's all yeah. we can do. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to go out of fear. I just don't want to go because I just... <laughs> facing the crowds and everything is something I just don't want to do now. I'm, I want to save time. That's why, you know, we talk a lot about online shopping and yeah, they are sponsors and we're trying to promote what they do. But I don't know, man. Sometimes if I know what I can get and I can order online, it's so much easier. It takes so much less time than rooting around the store trying to find what you're looking for, you know? So, I don't know. 
and I know people don't like that. I mean, some people are like, man, you should go out and shop. Isn't it fun to see a bunch of stuff? I know I'm not a big store guy anymore. Are you? I mean, like, that's a bit of a weird question. I mean, my wife likes actually the brick and mortar retail because she thinks she can get better deals than we normally do online. Um, but as for going to the mall or going to, um, you know, that kind of thing, I haven't really done that a lot lately, partly because of the pandemic, but, um, you know, I'd love to get one thing I would love to go back to really more. So if I had to go to a mall would be the, to go to a movie theater, right? I yeah. miss going to the theater. My wife hates movie theaters. Uh, so, um, I have to find me a, a movie theater, uh, pal, I guess in my, in my circles. <laughs> so, um. That's just the, the big theater in Easton, and I'm not sure if that deal is still going on. I got an email by it. It was crazy. They were giving away movie tickets. I think they were doing that just in an effort to draw people back to the theater uh, because you know they've been open for a while. I'm sure that their numbers are way down because you know for a long time during the pandemic, people didn't want to go to the movies, and now that some of these um, restrictions to be eased, I mean, you could pick up free movie tickets there, which I, th- I think it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's definitely AMC's in a weird, weird twilight zone situation with what with you know it's the stock market is it's it's stocks are volatile. <laughs> People are are trying to make it the next GameStop at, uh, stock, and uh, um, but you know it's it's um um I it, I'm for the for, I'm, this year after getting vaccinated, I feel a lot more comfortable going to a um. um to uh to a movie theater now and uh i think the irony is if people aren't going to the theater as much i mean it's still going to be pretty spread out especially at those amc theaters like that are pretty sizable you know have like so that some of them have like pretty sizable seating so um probably it's probably uh safe to go to some degree but yeah maybe you know never know bring a mask you know um, don't skip out on the popcorn and the drinks if you can, because anyways, that's overpriced anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, here's my beef. And having a couple special needs kids, it's hard for us to go to the theater because they can't sit still for two hours. They're going to be yelling and screaming. We'll probably get kicked out of the theater. Uh, but, you know, before kids, my wife and I would like to go out and see movies. And I don't know. It was just hard for us. Unless it was a movie we really wanted to see. I, I hated paying full price because I'm like, if this movie stinks, uh, you know, we're going to be like, man, we're out this money. What a bad deal. We used to like the um, dollar theaters. Um, I know there was, was one on the west side of Columbus on Bethel that we used to like to go to. I'm not even sure if it's still open or doing stuff now, but the thing I liked about it is by then you kind of knew which movie was good or, you know, something like a good actor, and, and you can kind of do your research beforehand. Um, that was our problem with the movie theaters. We just hated to spend a lot of money on a movie that we may hate, you know. So yeah, yeah, I totally hear that. So, all right, well, let me give you uh, another piece of advice before we I hear our last topic. Um, again, our last show talking about Ohio for the week. Uh, but again, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, check us out. We've got more content coming. I got a pop culture show with Paul Yanchek and Joe Frost. Uh, Craig's got some uh, pop culture movie reviews and everything um, for you. And we got some more content from Paul coming this weekend. So even though we don't have another Ohio show until next Monday, uh, we're going to keep you up to speed with content. So continue to check out the Ohioan over the weekend. We'll keep you um, you know, filled up with daily podcasts. And again, thanks for all your support. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. All right. Well, Brandon, I want to go to this final story, and I don't even know what to make of it. I, I got to be honest, Brandon, I um, wasn't feeling well, so I really wasn't paying any attention to the news. Um, this morning I woke up. I'm like, man, I forgot to send you guys an agenda. So I was looking at our work. We have a kind of a chart saying what stories are doing well and everything. And I looked, and there was one story that already had like 50,000 clicks at 4 a.m. this morning. Uh, which is a lot, and it, it's right now leading the country in clicks. So it's really caught the attention of the country. Um, it's from Akron, our Akron Beacon Journal friends in Hudson. Now, i got to pull the story up because I read it a couple times, and there's a lot 
that's going on here. Um, so, you know, we have Memorial Day um, observances around the country. And very important, you know, uh, we've said this, you know, Memorial Day is a day to remember those who gave their lives for our country. And no matter what you think, I know there's a lot of um, people who have issues with different things going on politically and everything. I mean, respect the people that gave their life at 20. I mean, what a sacrifice and everything. So, you know, Memorial Day is a great day for remembering what happened. Well, I don't know what's going on here. So in Hudson, uh, they had a keynote speaker. It was retired Army Lieutenant Colonel uh, Bernard Kempter. Um, so he's speaking about, you know, Memorial Day and everything. And then he starts talking about free black slaves honoring deceased soldiers shortly after the end of the Civil War. Now, was it specific to Hudson? Probably not. But they're talking about slaves honoring deceased soldiers after Civil War. Well, the point of Memorial Day is to honor soldiers who are deceased and gave a life for our country. Well, during the speech, the mic was turned down for two minutes. So the guy's talking, and I guess you couldn't hear it unless you were up close to the front where you could hear him. And there's a lot of debate going on. Who turned on the mic? And there was an audio engineer at the event where there was two other people that kind of pointed and said, turn it down, turn it down. And he felt awkward doing that. So he pretty much refused. So one of the other two people there turned down his mic. Brandon, I'm really confused about this. And the heads of the event were saying, look, this really they felt that it was an off-topic part, saying, look, we're here talking about Hudson and everything. You know, this wasn't talking about Hudson. But why are we doing this? I mean, even if the event organizers felt that they had a right to say what they're saying, it just seems in poor taste, especially considering that involves people of color. You're sending a horrific message. And I... You know, I, I saw this story this morning. I don't want to blindly call people in Hudson racist or anything else like that. I don't think that's fair at all. But if you look at perception, it sends a horrifying perception. Why are we doing this? I mean, honestly, it, it should have been this should have been taken care of before the guy even got a microphone. You know, it's just kind of like if you're inviting someone to be an organizer. Or, or if, if, if you're invited someone to be a speaker at an event, you know, you should, um, you can um, at least run through and have lay out your expectations of what you would like to address. And, you know, they can at the same time have the opportunity to say, this is what I'm going to talk about. And, you know, some of it will be relevant to maybe Hudson. Some of it might not be relevant to Hudson, but um, it leaves it's in so and, and so, but that probably didn't happen. And it resulted in a, poorly taste bad taste in your mouth kind of experience episode like that where um someone says cut the mic down and it's like what message are you sending with that action um you know it's almost like here we are today debating about um what can be taught in our schools talked about you know we have both sides saying remember history in, in our own weird uh selective way um you know, so I think it's, it's, um, um, we're getting into a very world world where the nuance is being debated. <laughs> um, and so, um, this guy's a local guy. He's a 1962 Hudson high school graduate. And according to the story, there, there were some back and forth, you know, they said, Hey, can we see what you're going to talk about? And he presented it, and they said, hey, there's some parts. Could you modify this? And he just went ahead and did it. So I guess you can make the argument saying, hey, you're at this event. If they ask you not to say something, you're going to catch it if you say stuff. But but I guess my contention is, okay, so what if he said, like, what if he was a disgruntled army person or, or a veteran? And he said, man, you know, I can't believe, you know, everyone sacrificed their lives. It's, it's horrible. You know, 
the Army's not what it cracked up to be. I can't understand asking the sense of that because you're saying, oh, my goodness, we're trying to honor the dead, and you're kind of mocking the situation. But the guy's talking about somebody honoring the dead. And, maybe again, maybe this didn't happen right in Hudson. And, you know, if we had the organizer on, maybe she had a valid reason why she took that out. But it's just, you know, like you were saying, I mean, we're, we're sitting here – and now we're trying to figure out what to teach and what not to teach and everything else. And it's a story in a speech. And if you look at this guy and you say, hey, I want to hear what he has to say. You know, this guy served in the military for 30 years. He's a graduate for high school. Why are you asking the censor certain parts unless he just starts talking about crazy stuff? Now, if he did... Um, like a two-minute story about how great LeBron James is and how he hopes the Lakers win the NBA title. Yeah, ask him to take that out because what does that have to do with Memorial Day? But he's sharing a story about, you know, deceased, uh, slaves honoring deceased soldiers. And I think that's really relevant, especially in the Civil War, when, my goodness, these are who people fought for. I mean, you're fighting for against slavery. You know what I mean? And it's touching that slaves are honoring... I, I don't know, dude. I, I, I just get very... History is history. And I've seen so much discussion lately of what we should teach and what we shouldn't teach when these are things that happen. If we're just making up stuff, I understand that. But we can't even share stories of things that happen because either we're not comfortable with it or we think it's irrelevant. And it just, again, not calling him racist, but I'm really scratching my head over this. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if the concern is like, hey, this isn't relevant to such and such topic or discussion, I mean, it's Memorial Day. Um, you know, like, would anyone have cut the mic if he was talking about something that wasn't related to Hudson, but just general Memorial Day, um, you know, story that took place in another part of, of the States that just talked about, you know, a bunch of, uh, um, you know, general new race, neutral American soldiers, blah, blah, blah. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's funny to me that, you know, it's a, it's part of the theme, you know, it's part of like, um, and I think, um, you know, that these, um, just like, let him have it. It's a few for the, for the amount of time he spoke for however long he talked about, he went off topic and talked about, um, you know, black Americans contributions and, and veterans and whatnot. I mean, you know, might, maybe some people might've resonated with some people. Some people might have frowned and said, this doesn't really speak to me. This is about Hudson, not, whatever you're talking about, fine. That let that be to the individual heart then. But, <laughs> but to cut the mic, you've, you've, you've added a new dimension of, of, of awkwardness. And it's just like, you, you're now, you're now, no one's ever, no one's talking about, you know, no, we're all talking about Hudson now and not in a good way. Um, well, so again, this currently is the number one story trending on USA today. So, and, you know, if you're a part of the Hudson American Legion, you can be like, oh, it's that media, you know, blowing things out of proportion. Well, if you didn't cut the mic or if you didn't get an argument with a guy over what to say or what not to say, this would be a story that might barely make the local weekly paper. You know what I mean? And it's it's on them for creating all of this, you know? And I <laughs> I don't know, man. If I'm inviting someone to speak... Uh, well, we've done this. I mean, over the history of this podcast, we've had people coming on to talk. And we've had some very uncomfortable interviews. Um, I've had people, and we know, we've talked about this. We've had people come on to talk about, you know, cancel culture. And we've had people talking about kneeling NFL games. And I never say, don't talk about this. Now, if it's something I'm uncomfortable with, I'm going to gently steer the conversation to another point. But where do we get off, to be honest with you? I, in, okay, so if you're inviting someone to appear on a podcast, or if you're inviting someone to appear at an American, American Legion Memorial Day event, where do you get off telling people, oh, let me see your speech, tell me what you're going to say, uh, 
I'm I'm going to take out parts. You better listen and everything else. I maybe I'm too much of a wuss, but I why are we doing this? You know, I mean, like, you know, if I if if I invite someone to come on and speak, I'm not going to censor what they're saying. I'm not going to say, hey, come on the podcast, but don't mention this, this, and the other thing. What are we doing? Yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> That's the question, but um. It's a lesson to learn, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I, I remember when, um, when I went to a, uh, um, my wife's, um, college graduation ceremony from Ohio Wesleyan University and the, um, valedictorian or, or one of the students, uh, got it, get up on speech and talked about, you know, talked about Harriet Tubman. Now she kind of used Harriet Tubman more of a, of a metaphor of, of some kind, but for like what it might be relevant to today's uh, graduates. But <laughs> I had some folks near me um, just kind of uh, not very impressed with that part of the speech. And you know what? I thought, whatever, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it, you know, that it's, um, um, but that's the thing, you know, um, some of us will hear the message. It'll resonate with us. Some of us won't. Um so sometimes I often have come to the conclusion that very, the very, the sometimes the most dangerous people in this world are the indifferent. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm to be, I'm, I, I kind of consider myself indifferent as one of those indifferent sometimes. I, I, and I feel bad about it. Um, I try not to be indifferent necessarily, but because it might not relate to me personally, it might not be, um, be, uh, part of my, my experiences. Um, my experiences are very different and unique, but, um, yeah, you know, you just got to be kind of open-minded and listen and um, uh, take that and kind of draw your own conclusions. I mean, that's the thing about history, too. You know, um, we should be hearing every aspect of history as we can, as long as it's grounded in primary sources, as long as it's grounded in some sort of whether. And that's the thing. Like, it's funny how you think of Lincoln and um, George Washington and all these fun quotes. But we got to remember, like. We don't, they, these quotes were not recorded for the most part. They were, um, I think Lincoln might have one small recording that because it was the advent of the technology was so premature then. But um, even with like the founding fathers, a lot of the f funny quotes we like to attribute to them, half of them are fake and half of them are, 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 are badly, badly uh, uh, changed up. But their ground reason where they they exist today is because they're grounded in primary documents from newspaper clippings um, and whatnot. So, you know, that's history. Look at the primary documents and and then pay attention to the secondary sources that analyze them, that come up with their own conclusions. And that's where we're getting a bit of the the debate going on: is what kind of conclusions are acceptable to draw from the primary sources. Um, it's why, why academia exists in the first place. In some ways, it's just an expression of the First Amendment. But, um, um, but yeah, it's good to have some dis healthy discourse all of the time. But let's not try to tailor that discourse <laughs> to how we want to feel about our history. And, and the guy sharing a story. I mean, it's one thing if he said, hey, take an oath of allegiance to me or, you know, you know, denounce everything you ever believed in. He's sharing a story. You, you know, that's the other thing that's very strange. You know what I mean? Like, like if I was invited to speak in an event and I use that time to sell stuff and I say, you better buy this and everything. Yeah, that would get awkward. Take it out because it's a sales pitch. The guy's sharing a story. I mean, that's I mean, just like, have we gotten to the point where we just don't like certain stories being told? So, I mean, Hudson American Legion, and you know, while you were talking, I was, uh, I was trying to find him on Facebook. I didn't see him on Facebook, but there's stories all over, not just from the Acrobee Controller Bridge. They wrote the story. I'm seeing stories in the Washington Post and the Hill and um, papers in the UK and everything. And Hudson American Legion, it's on you. It's on you. And if, if you were nervous at all about it, if you felt that, man, we're asking to take too much out, don't have him speak. Or, or just let him talk. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just, people just don't think, which I think that's how we can uh, wrap that up with. All right. Well, Brent, anything you want to, anything you want to mention before we close for the day? 
Oh, nothing else to. Um, yeah, nothing really to. Nothing really to um, add. I mean, um, why well, yeah. I I did see the crew announce. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, I think they're returning to full capacity June nineteenth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th- last last game at the historic stadium. Historic <laughs> stadium. Historic Crew Stadium. <laughs> it is historic. It's the first major league soccer specific stadium. Uh, oh, uh, I that. it's fine. I mean, whatever you want to call it, it's okay. It just it's weird. So should we call it every former stadium is still historic? I, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, you know, they can call it what they want. It just makes me smile. It was. I, I saw that reference in Columbus Dispatch article once, and I said, "How do you get that?" But you know, if that's what they're calling it, that's what they're calling it. So. Should be neat. So yeah, so we're we're all going full capacity again. Not against the health orders being taken out. Just be careful out there. Be safe. Um, you know, still keep your distance away from people. I was joking with poor Craig yesterday about don't get any humongous group hugs. I mean, you know, just be cool with everybody. And that's the thing. I mean, honestly, many of the stories we've talked about over the past couple of years is just people don't think about other people. They just say and do crazy stuff. So. Just kind of be mindful of each other out there and, and be cool. And if you're happy you're not wearing a mask, that's fine. But understand there's some people out there who need to wear a mask or want to wear a mask. So just be nice and treat others like you want to be treated. I guess that's where it goes to. All right. Well, Brandon, we will see you Monday. And I'm assuming we're going to see Craig back on Monday. Um, enjoy your weekend. And um, everyone else, thanks for checking out the Highland. Uh, please check our sponsors and, and continue to share us. Uh, we're excited about what we were able to put together. And um, we're looking forward to giving you more content over the weekend and into next week. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.